romantic truth where you think Don't forget that you can stream and listen to both the Romantic Truth podcast and Jossan's music on Apple, Amazon, Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on other platforms. Gracias por escuchar La Verdad Romántica en Las Vegas con House and su anfitrión. Advisory. The content of this show is designed for listeners ages 18 and older due to the adult nature of topics and conversation. Welcome listeners to the Romantic Truth podcast from Las Vegas. I'm M. Hollister-Graves from the United Kingdom, and please allow me to introduce your host, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jowson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well today, I know I am. Keeping it real, baby. Yes. What are we going to talk about today? Well, ladies, it's about that time. Women and the sexual conversation. Now, ladies, you'll get to a point where you find a guy and everything is working out just right. And you're ready to have sex with him. But you're not going to do it on this particular date, but you're going to try to warm things up to see whether or not you guys are in the same ballpark when it comes to the bedroom. You like him, he's checked out so far, and so far you don't have any reservations. Now the first thing, of course, as with anything else, you have to feel comfortable having sex, right? In general. So you want to convey that to him. That it's not something that's foreign, taboo, nasty, dirty, or whatever. Because that's going to impact the way he approaches you. The next thing, you're going to ask him about his views on sex. Get an idea where he's coming from. Knowledge is power, right? Afterwards, you guys might want to discuss your erogenous zones. Is it your nipples, your clitoris, your neck, your earlobes, your belly button, your fupa, who knows, your butt. Women have different erogenous zones, just so as men do. So this will be more of a sensual conversation but not something that needs to go and be right gut of raunchy. Stimulations. What kind of stimuli is appropriate for you? Do you like your breasts sucked? Or do you like your nipples grazed with his fingertips? Those kind of things. Do you get wet when that happens? Because after all, by this time, you're sizing him up because you already know he's going to get it. But you're trying to see where his head is. The first head, not the second. The next thing, you may want to describe some of your fantasies, some of your desires. This makes it very engaging. Because that means that you're sitting in a way, an expectation that you hope he meets. Then you want to also talk about some of the taboos, some of the turnoffs, some of the things you don't like. So you'll have parameters. You might not be into anal. You may not be into spanking. You may not be into B&D. So he has a better perspective as to where you're coming from. Talk about the sexual acts that you guys could engage in, things that you like. You may like giving oral. You may like receiving oral. You may not like oral sex at all. You may like anal sex. So you want to ask him questions about those things. So what do you think about us doing 69 or whatever? Because what you're doing is 
you're setting him up so that he knows what to expect with you and you have an idea of what to expect out of him. I know, you just wanted just to let it happen and be romantic. Well, you never know. You may get frustrated because he doesn't have a clue. Now you're pissed off because he didn't automatically read your mind and bam, did everything you wanted him to do. Ladies, one thing you'll realize, a lot of you talk about communication. Yeah, that's important, but you got to be considerate of him too. Because after all, you're leading this whole thing. Now, another thing that will help you immensely with the man. Talk about your quickest access to orgasm. Maybe it's through stimulating certain parts of your body, the conversation, or whatever it is before you guys would get to that point where it would get you there the quickest. Here's the reason being. So that if he knows what he's doing with you, it could be a pleasurable experience for the both of you. And this will help cut down on him going in you and pumping away like he's running for his life so he can go and get his nut before you and you guys are in competition. You're trying to get your orgasm before he gets his nut. You don't want to get to that point. You want to have it where the expectations are set. So as you guys go on, you have a little rhythm going. Foreplay is important. If it's not important to you, let him know. If it is, please let him know. He needs to know this. Tell him, you know, I like foreplay before we really go on and do our thing. And explain what kind of foreplay you like. The next thing, desired outcomes. You can talk to him and tell him, how you feel after a good orgasm. My knees are like noodles. Once I had that, I'm totally drained. Because what you're doing is you're giving him a macro view of an experience with you. And he'll know exactly what the goal is. The other thing, protection. Condoms, you're going through all that whole thing about, yeah, you know, starting out, I think we need to wear condoms. And I have an IUD, but I think you need to wear a condom until our bodies are a little bit more used to each other's chemical balance. You might get a yeast infection, that kind of thing. Talk to him about these things so that you guys will be on the same page. Contingencies is the next thing. The what ifs. What if I get pregnant? What is our plan? Make sure you have that as well. The other thing, exclusivity. Please establish whether or not you guys are gonna be exclusive or what kind of arrangement you guys are gonna have so that he will understand how this is supposed to be made it out. Is it something where we're only going to have sex with each other and that's it? And this can be based on the type of relationship you choose, which I highly recommend that you select one. Is it going to be friends with benefits? One that's going to be permanent? One that's going to be long-term? One that's going to be short-term? Make sure you give it a label, give it a name, because this is very important. The two of you should work on that and see what kind of concoction you can come up with. Because a lot of people just go and they screw and they don't worry about it until later. And then if one of these things go wrong, then all of a sudden the whole house of cards come crashing down. Masturbation. If you have to masturbate before you climax, or if you have to masturbate while he's penetrating you, let him know these things. Because what that does, it enhances the moment, intensifies the desire, and also he's not intimidated by this. 
because you're incorporating him into the fold. You're showing him so he will know you better. The other thing, relationship status. Are you guys in a relationship or is it just something that you're going to just do it one time only or whatever? Do you have an idea? Now, usually one time only, you're not going to go through this. You're just going to wind up plucking and then whatever happens, happens. But you'd prefer to have some sort of structure. You want to establish your orientations. So ladies, if you're bi or if you're poly or whatever, let him know and ask him what is he in that sense. So that you have an idea. Future experiences. What other things would you like to try in the future? Some things that you'd like to try. It's not necessarily a fantasy, but something within the realm of possibilities that the two of you could do. You know, I want to fuck in the car. Now, let's do it in the park. Now, I'm not condoning any of these things, but it's up to you. Keep in mind, there are laws out there that get your ass locked up. So, keep it within reason and within the law. People go ape shit when people have sex in public and they find out about it. Trust me. And then you got all kinds of things that are associated with that such as you get caught naked and you're 200 feet from a school, there's a good possibility you might have to register as a sex offender or sexual deviant. You, you, mm -mm. you don't want nothing like that even around you on your record because that shit is hard to get off. The next thing you want to look at here, health and testing. Be honest with your partner about any conditions you may have. So if you have herpes or something like that, let them know. Because at this point, deceiving this person, if you're HIV positive, whatever, let them know. They can actually come back. And in some states, they could file criminal charges. In other states, they could sue you civilly. If they were to come down with a condition that may impair your uh, future livelihood. Now, a couple of you have written in about Lyme disease, getting bitten by the tick and having that situation. I believe Marjorie from Wisconsin wrote in about this in particular. Marjorie, the only thing I could tell you is that from the research that I've done, is kind of mixed in the sense that most of the research that has been conducted has been through animals, but some people have claimed that they have contracted Lyme disease through sex, usually it's through vaginal fluids or through penile fluids. So you got to be kind of careful on that. It's an ongoing thing, and you know, unfortunately, they're having an uptick in cases, I believe, on in the Northeast. So this is something that you'll have to be mindful of, because there are some diseases that can actually be transmitted through sex, apparently, from some of the data. Then you have others that say it's not a consistent thing, so it's kind of mixed messages on that. You might want to check with the CDC's website to see specifically because that's changing day to day. If you guys require testing, have it done. The next thing is location. Where are you going to have sex? Where are you going to be intimate? This place, your place, hotels, what's it going to be like? Logistical concerns to think about. The timing. Some of you ladies for having sex when you're ovulating. Others of you, you don't care. So you want to have a specific uh, time frame for that. You know, I had a 
girlfriend of mine, well, Monica used to do this as well. She told me the first time we were going to have sex was when she started to ovulate. And boy, let me tell you, she was hungry. But, <laughs> you know, it depends on the woman. Another key factor is spontaneity. Now, this aspect is something that's going to be a norm if you guys are a regular couple. Now, ladies, let me tell you something. Sometimes you don't realize it, but you may look sexy to a man and he get hard, he's looking at you, and you are just going about your everyday business, not even thinking about it. Let me tell you what's a turn on to some men, to most men. I looked at a survey. You know women that wear sundresses, they have that wedgie in the butt? That's one of the most popular turn-ons for a man. Especially if she's not wearing any panties. Now, the other thing. Sexual hints. Ladies, you may have to do this in the sense of the way you dress, the way you are around him. But here's the catch. Not all men like lingerie. A lot of guys look at it, you might as well not even put that shit on. I want you naked. You want to get a feel for what he likes as far as how do you like your girls to dress? How do you like for me to dress? What kind of underwear you like seeing on a woman? That kind of thing, the colors, that kind of thing. See, it was funny because most women in the one survey in, Thai, in uh, Indonesia, they thought that the women thought that men liked the color red on women in lingerie. To the contrary, the color was white that men liked the most. So don't get too caught up in what your girlfriends did with their boyfriend. That was their relationship. Now, the other thing, and this is this also means ladies like for instance, maybe you invite him over for dinner. And you're going to cook dinner, and you're wearing a short skirt, and you don't have any pennies on underneath. And you deliberately bend over in front of him or something like that. Without saying it, you're giving him a nonverbal cue that, yeah, I want you to see that. Fellas, if she gives you the look back when she bends over like that, she wants to make sure that you got a good look. Now, I'm not talking about you being some sleazy-ass guy just trying to do this with every woman. This is only for women that intentionally want to do this with their man. She's already chosen him. He's the one that she wants to be intimate with only. So don't take it as creative license to go out there and just try to do this shit over every woman you see. Another thing is to have safe words stop, slow down, that kind of thing. And you guys can work on that as you get through the process. Fellas, owl means stop. So if you got a big dick in your inner and she said, ow, hey, you're probably hurting her. See, sex, there's some women that have a high pain tolerance and want the pain. There are other women, however, they want it to feel comfortable. Now, the way you know a woman is totally comfortable with you, after you bust that nut, she doesn't want you to pull out. She just wants you to stay in there, even if you go soft afterwards. Because she wants to have you as close to her as possible. And that's the closest you can get. Now, and she would probably want you to cuddle too while that's happening. And here's the thing that's funny. She could be in a missionary position. You could be on top of her. You guys do your thing. She's orgasm. She's weak. Your body weight's going to be heavy on her. Most women want you to get off of her. But what she may want you to do is to get off of her, but not get out of her. So she may say, honey, just roll over and let me roll over on top of you. 
so she can rest her head on your chest. Now, the other thing too, especially a woman that's highly stimulated or has a high libido, another reason why she'll let you stay inside of her is because she wants the first semblance of you getting hard again. Let's carry on here. It's always best to urinate after you have sex. Helps you out a bit. Empty your bladder. The other thing too. When it comes down to 69 or oral sex or something like that, make sure you're clean. And a complaint that I received from one person about a date that he went out on and they had sex the first night they were together. They got into the 69 position, but she was what they call a person who dries. A person who dries is a person that doesn't use toilet paper. So after they poop, they air dry. You know that butt smell you smell sometimes when you may go somewhere and someone has sat down and then they get up and they leave and then you still smell an ass? A lot of times people do that for whatever reason. Haven't figured it out yet. Don't care to really. The other thing, confidentiality. You want to keep your bedroom activities private between the two of you. That means ladies don't go out and brag about how long his dick is, how big it is. Fellas don't go bragging about how you tore that pussy up. Keep it, keep it private. The reason why you want to do this is because somebody's going to get curious and they're going to try and see. Oh, she gave him free advertising. Let me go and give some of that. Mm -mm. I want that. Ladies, this is how your girlfriends will steal your man, I'm telling you. Giving and receiving. What that means primarily is whatever you give a partner sexually, whether it's oral or whatever, you should be able to receive something in kind. Reciprocity. That's key. Now, the other thing. You guys will get to a point of having routines and practices. And what this means is there'll be a certain routine that you guys will develop upon having sex. You can talk about that with your partner. Because there'll be a certain amount of things that, like for instance, you may not have the opportunity to have full-blown sex where you can lay up and start over again all that you guys may want to make sure that you please each other but you might have a tight window in order to do it maybe you have to go to work the next morning or something like that but you want it to be fulfilling and this is where routines and practices come into play so that you guys can get to that point and enjoy each other while still being considerate of time see that a lot with quickies and stuff like that now, these are just some of the things, ladies, that you can bring up in order to start the conversation about sex. At this point, you're at a point where um, you pretty much know what's going to happen. This is not a situation where you're still trying to figure it out. This is where you've already made the decision that you want to have sex with this guy, and it's on the slate, but it's not necessarily going to be on this date, but maybe a future date but you have an idea as to where you're going to go with it, where the two of you are going to go with it. And so in this way, you'll have more of a comprehensive view. And you can ask questions of any of these categories along the way. And it's going to make him blush probably, embarrass him a bit. But here's the thing. You're the decision maker on that because you're the one that controls when we're going to have sex. You're the one that controls when we're going to have a baby, start a family or anything else. And so therefore, you have to use this at your discretion. It's up to you. Now, the one thing that I would also add to this is that 
don't be bashful or ashamed because this is someone you're going to be naked with anyway. Don't reference or focus about anything negative about your physical body unless it's something that he may need to know about that may give him that shock. But if it's just something that is normal that you may be ashamed of, like I'll give you an example. Some women are born with one breast larger than the other. Some women may be born with a protruding navel. The guy may be uncircumcised. Uh, it could be a situation where he only has one nut, one testicle. It could be a situation where you may have a catcher's mitt because you've had children and your vagina's uh, stretched a bit. Don't be embarrassed about that because by the time you get to this point, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter at this point. He's going on with you. Now, some of you ladies are worried about surgical scars and that kind of thing. Don't worry about it. You can let him know that you had surgery or whatever. I doubt if he's going to say, oh, damn, you know what? You done fucked it up for me. Some guys, they're nitpicky like that. It all depends. But for the most part, they're not going to care. So that is one of your least concerns. Don't obsess over it. But what you're doing is you're having a frank conversation with him about something that you're sharing with him. And this is the most vulnerable point that you're going to be in the relationship. You've already shared some of your weaknesses and strengths with him. Now you're sharing a nude body. You have no protection with him. And he needs to respect that. Another question you can ask him. So after sex, how do you treat your women? Is it a situation where you treat them as if they are a piece of ass or you treat them as if they are your woman? These are going to be important questions to ask. I would strongly advise you not to get involved with a guy that's just saying, well, you know, we're going to see other people. You might not want to do that with him. Because that means that what you're going to have to do is all the time worry about whether he's bringing a disease to you. You're trying to minimize your burdens and your liabilities. And hopefully you made a good choice in a man where that's not a factor. You should have filtered that guy out a long time ago if he's still thinking that way. Unless you want to take that risk. It's up to you. But these are some of the things that are important. And you can also ask him, is there anything you need to share with me that I need to know? Another thing you could tell him, tell him your vaginal state. Uh, is it shaved? Do you have hair down there? Tell him you don't shave. I don't shave because I get ingrown, ingrown hairs. Tell him that if that's the case. Oh, I had electrolysis, so I don't have that problem with hair down there. Because what you're doing is you're setting him up. You're revving him up because you're ready to go and he's getting ready to go. But see, the thing is, is that you're controlling how this happened because of the fact that most men are not going to introduce sex into the conversation. You as the woman should be the one to do that. Because after all, you have the vagina. He doesn't. Because you already know what's going to happen when you're not ready to hear about sex. And he's talking about it, you're going to shut him down. So you have the clout there. You're the decision maker there. A lot of women don't realize this. And what happens, they'll let the guy take the lead and before you know it, he's screwing her, then he's throwing away the condom and before you know it, she's pregnant. Because what he didn't do was include her in the dialogue in order to go forward. 
She's nothing more than an accessory at that point. And ladies, you don't want that to happen by no stretch and no means. So hopefully, this can help some of you navigate the waters when it comes down to something like this. I wish you the best of luck. I want you to stay safe. And we'll have more for you in just a moment. So, oh, one other thing too I wanted to bring up as well. Those of you in Texas, check those 700 plus new laws on the books in your state. Because they will impact you. They were implemented on September 1st of 2023. You can't have air tags to track people anymore. get caught drunk driving and you kill someone who has children you will have to pay child support to that family they have a lot of laws on the books there now police have to uh, give full report and disclosure if one of your uh, relatives or someone is killed in custody it's harder to get a non uh, no default divorce in Texas now. Check your laws down there because you had a lot of changes that took place on September 1st. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a moment. When your woman is ready for sex and you don't know it, Damn, girl, your booty's looking juicy today. Damn, really? Yeah, it's looking real juicy. Yeah, you like what you see? I love it. Yeah? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Let's go inside. Yeah, but what? Let's go back in the house. You, what do you want to do? Let's, Let's go. go. What we're going to talk about in this segment has to do with what we call the three down date. Now, there are some women that use this and some men that use this. It works for some people. It doesn't work for others, vice versa. This is a very short dating window. And this usually takes place anywhere from, I've seen it as short as three weeks up to six weeks. Now, what does this involve? And it can also be expanded out to 90 days in some cases. Depends on how frequently you go on the dates. But it consists of three dates. Let's talk about the first date. Now, this is after you have agreed to go on a date with this person. You guys have talked for a while over the phone. You may have video chatted. You got to know each other a little bit better. It's not one of the one and dones where you just chat with somebody and meet them that same night or something like that. What happens in this situation, the first date you're trying to get to know the person. So it's more of a cerebral experience for a woman. And what are they looking for? They're looking to verify everything that was said or presented to her. They're looking for validity. They don't want to be catfished. It's for men and women. The next thing, they want to get a chance to learn from that person. So remember those four category of questions I talked about? Who are you? What's your purpose? What are your strengths and weaknesses? And what are your intentions? Well, you can ask those in roundabout ways on the first date in order to get an idea as to what's going on. You can learn something from them in that sense. Now you want to evaluate, did everything that this person present measure up initially to my expectations? If they did, that's cool. The next one is your decision and the decision to have a second date. Ladies, you can imply this by saying, well, on our next date, we're going here. We're going to do this. Or the next date is on me. Or the next date, I have coupons for this. So in this sense, he understands that the expectation has been set that you're interested in it. Now, as I told you before, first date, usually I recommend that it's no more than 90 minutes. 
maybe a Starbucks somewhere, no more than 40 bucks. But the two of you, you don't have to dress up on the first date. As a matter of fact, it's best to dress down, be casual as you are, because that's what you're going to see 90% of the relationship, not seeing them dressed up so much. The dressed up thing is just to impress only. It's just like going to church. You know, supposedly your soul can still be saved if you're not wearing a suit, right? Now, the other thing you have to realize here is this. This is the most crucial part of it. There'll be more red flags at this point of meeting someone than any other point you'll ever experience. So this person, you can get a chance to see what their character's like, see how they behave in public. Just a brief snapshot or vignette of that. And they may reveal the situation, living situation or whatever they're dealing with. Now, the X factor may or may not be prevalent at this point because it may be something they're holding back until later. So let's say, for instance, you like this date. About two weeks later, you go on your second date. And see, what some people will do, they will do what is called a loop back. What that means is you go out with that person on Friday, you like everything, you go on Saturday, you really like everything, then you gotta hook up on Sunday. And sadly, something goes wrong, you find out something, then by Tuesday, you guys are broken up seen that happen too many times over. Now on the second day, you're looking for chemistry. This is the emotional stimulation for the woman. Now what this means primarily here is emotional intelligence is what the woman is looking for. How well do you pick up on emotional cues? Is she able to talk to you? Are you able to listen? Are you able to give her feedback? Do you have any problem sharing maybe a meal or sharing resources with her? At this point, she's more than likely comfortable with you. She's looking for chemistry at this point. And she's also looking for disclosure, just like you should be. So something may be revealed at this point that was not so um, easy to reveal on the first date. Still getting to know this person, right? Now, that leads us to the third date. The third date is based on intimacy and sex. This is the reason why it's called a three down. Because there are some women that want to hit all three of these because it gives them a sense of confidence in the choice they make. Doesn't necessarily mean they made a good choice. It just means that it may be more of a comforting tool for them. So at this stage, they may ask for a commitment, a hurried commitment. Remember guys, when I told you about that before, what that means is that when a woman wants a commitment like kind of quickly, like on the third date, she wants it for either two reasons. Either she has an agenda where she's looking to have a family and do that thing or she has needs to be met physical needs in other words she wants to have sex but not look like a loose woman so she's expediting that process now she wants to see contingencies here contingencies equals condoms on your part fellas because see to her that means you're being considerate of her and as I told you before, buy a fresh set of condoms. Don't go and depend on that damn condom that's been sitting in your jean pocket for the last two years that's been in the washer and dryer over and over again. It's done. And most of those women are not going to let you go in them with that. Some will, but most won't. The next thing too, expectations. Now, Whatever you do in this situation with her, she's going to expect it again. She's looking for continuity. You say you love her, whatever you tell her, whatever you guys agree on, that's what it is. And once again, communication and consideration are two other factors that are going to be very important at this stage. Now, some women like doing this because 
what they want to do is they don't want to miss out on an opportunity. So many of them may have what is called FOMO, fear of missing out. So they go through the three down with one guy, and yet they may have other guys in her DMs or in her um, dating app that she wants to kind of see what they're about. And she may use this practice over and over again. So this doesn't necessarily mean when a woman uses a three down that she's your woman. She may be asking for that commitment just to make herself feel better about the choice she made. But please don't think that it's written in the stone here because things will travel very fast in these types of arrangements. Because after all, the situation with a three down is all about her. That means that first date you meet, second date you exchange emotional feelings, third date you change physical feelings. And this is what many surface daters do. They don't want to get in the deep diving portion of a relationship. They don't want to be involved all the way. They just want to just hover over the surface. And this is how many of them do it. Three down dating. More in a moment. Now, in this segment, we're going to talk about some women with size complex. It could be height. It could be weight. It could be that she may be average size at the bottom, at the top torso, but maybe have heavy hips. It could be that she's a large woman altogether. There are a few things, about nine things, eight to nine things you have to really look at for many of you guys who date women who are larger. One of them, the first one, is their own personal perception. The reason why I say this in particular is because there are a lot of large women who really think very little of themselves because of their size. Now there are many reasons why many of these women may get to a certain size. We're talking about weight girth. It could be that they might have been abused earlier in life. Not all larger women have been abused. But I'm saying she may have been abused earlier in life because she was probably slender and more appealing. And therefore, unfortunately, people took advantage of her. So in a way to make herself not so attractive to them, she'll put on the weight. And she wants to lose the characteristics that once everybody complimented her on because the people that violated her ruined her self-perception. That's one. The other could be that they're bored and there's nothing more to do but to eat, as in Mississippi. There's no real entertainment, no real exercise, so they wind up doing that. Men do it too, so it's not just a female thing. Now, some of them have a personal perception based on others' perception, their peer perception of them. This is the reason why some of these people may become introverts they don't, because of their size. They don't want to be out in public because they don't want to be ridiculed. So they go online and then they find that they're ridiculed and there's some personal attacks sometimes that are unwarranted for sure. And... It has an impact on their self-esteem. And many times, these people have no outlet. I'm afraid to go outside because people are gonna talk about my weight, my size. And even when I'm online, they do the same thing. So they feel trapped. They feel as though there's no sort of release. And what needs to happen, sometimes they just need to say, Screw it, I am what I am. So what if I'm fat? So what if I'm tall? Taller than most normal people. So be it. They have to learn to be comfortable in their own skin. This is the work they will have to do. And sometimes they're going to have to do it with a therapist. Depending on the degree of how bad it is. Now, 
Low self-esteem is one thing that usually accompanies this. And one of the things that they will need to do is to condition themselves from not basing their value, social value, on the perception of others that are out there that are pointing the finger at them. You will find them using excuses as to their size um, without facing some of the problems. They don't want to share them with you probably because it's too personal. Uh, it may be something that's too demeaning, too embarrassing. And believe it or not, a lot of these people actually don't want to date because of that embarrassment, because of that shame, which is another thing that is linked to this kind of perception. Because what happens, a lot of the people that are their critics, they want to shame them. But what they have to realize is that the reason why these people are shaming them is because these people pose a threat to them. Because here's the thing, if they quit feeling bad about themselves, then they can point out the flaws in those that are criticizing them. But as long as they feel as though they have the ball in their court, those outside influences are going to run with them. Now, you hear a lot of guys getting called chubby chasers and that kind of thing for choosing larger women. Ladies, let me tell you something. The reason why some guys will choose larger women is so if you have a cold or get sick or have a flu or something like that and you lose the weight, you have the body fat to lose and you won't look like a corpse. I'm serious. There's some guys that really look at it that way. And we got to remember, back in the Middle Ages, a larger woman was considered desirable. That was the symbol of beauty because it meant she was healthy. That was how they define a woman being healthy because she had ample body. The peasants were skinny. Many of them were starving. They had grain-based diets in many cases. Now, the other thing that we have to look at too, when you start feeling confident about yourself, ladies, what happens then, more men will appeal to you. A better quality of man. And just because you're fat, you're overweight, doesn't mean that a guy may not want you. A guy that may be somebody you think that's out of your league. But it depends on how you carry yourself. Now, a few things that we have to come to grips with. A lot of you are worried about body odor. A lot of you are worried about stretch marks. A lot of you are just worried about your gut, the way you look. Trust and believe there's a man out there for you. If you haven't found him yet, he may not be in your area. And I'm not trying to give you false hope or smoke, blow smoke up your ass, but trust me. Because here's the reason why I say this in particular. There are places where a man would be glad to have a decent woman despite her size, her height, or anything else. And many of these guys have already had the size fours. I dated a woman that was a size four one time and she got sick. It kind of grossed me out because I could see a rib cage. I mean, I could just put my fingers in between her ribs. But she was so fixated on staying slim because she wanted to be a supermodel one day. And then when she finally got a big break and went to Milan, 
few years later. She was no longer in the industry because she was a damn cokehead. So, experiences vary. But don't knock yourself for who you are. Be thankful you're here. And work with what you got. Self-criticism is your enemy. There are enough people out there that are going to criticize you for everything. And you can't let that stop you. You can't let that phase you. Because if it weren't you, it would be somebody else that they would be pointing a finger at. Don't take it personal. Never take rejection or criticism personal. And here's why. It's only one person's opinion. And you'll realize if you go through life and try to satisfy everybody's opinion, you will never get anywhere in your own life. It will keep you going in circles. And sometimes there are people that are envious. Let me tell you what happened one time when uh, I went out. Usually around 9 o'clock, 9.30, some of the cute girls will come in, but the real fine girls come in at like 12 midnight, right? So they're coming in fashionably late, and of course, wearing all the designer labels and everything. And then you'll see a group of larger women come in. Now, here's the thing that used to get me. The hot girls that would come in at 12 o'clock, they would all leave alone in a group. Because the rush was to turn the guys down. And then it got to a point that some of these guys weren't asking for their numbers anymore. And so the ladies would linger around until the club closes. Usually they'd come in at 12 and leave at two. But this was back when clubs stayed open till the morning. And if you go to Greece, yeah, you'd be dealing with that a lot. Anyway, what happened? The guys started hanging around and the women were kind of curious because the little entourages of women that would come in we usually come in, make a showing, get all the free drinks and the accolades, the kisses and the hugs. And then they would leave as a group. But then they started to hang out. And what they started to see was these guys weren't asking for their phone numbers, asking them to dance, buying them drinks as much. They were actually spending the money on the larger women. And it wasn't because they were easier. It was because they were fun to be around. They joked, they laughed, they had personalities. Something that a lot of those other women didn't have. They had attitude, but no personality. And of course, you're the stereotypical, oh, you just, they're just with those guys, those guys, because they're easy. Nope. Those guys are just with them because they're easy. No, it wasn't that at all. Because the women would have men there buying them drinks, laughing, having a wonderful time. And that's the way it was. And for those of you larger ladies in Southern California, there's a place called Bounce, Club Bounce. You look it up on the internet, they have a Facebook page. And that club, that nightclub, is specifically for larger women. And the place is packed all the time the guys you see ladies the guys that tell you they don't date fat chicks and all of that they say that shit in their 20s and 30s they say that when they have money let them get broke I'm telling you I know too many guys that went down that track now you don't have to be the sassy stereotype that one that's got all mouth and has got to always say, you don't need to be her. You don't need to be that loud. That, no. You don't want to be her. Most men avoid her, and it's not because of her size. It's because of her mouth. You don't want to be that person that's begging for attention so much that you got to be so loud and try to be the center of attention. 
That's a dead giveaway for the most part. Now, the other thing, you don't want to be self-deprecating either. Cutting yourself down all the time. No man likes that from any woman, whether you're large, small, or a different size. So, what I'm telling you in essence, ladies, is this. If you're larger, don't take yourself out of the equation just because of your size. Please understand, just like with anybody, that guy that dissed you that you liked, trust me, he got dissed by a woman he liked. That's the way it goes. It's a vicious cycle. Had a friend of mine turn down a woman one night, and this lady was nice. I mean, she was really nice. And I tried talking to her. She said, no, 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 I like your friend. I said, okay. I got dissed. He dissed her to get with this woman that he thought was so fine. He's like, man, I got to get her. I got to get her. I said, well, go for it. She looked him up and down, and she said, why are you here? And he was trying to get to know her and get her name and all that. She said, uh-uh. He said, I don't even like you. I don't even like the way you look. I don't like nothing about you. You need to go where you came from. He was so crushed, he didn't know what to do. And the lady that really showed an interest in him, the one that I going to try to talk to. And she looked at me, looked at him, and she said, looks like I made the wrong choice. And she walked out. I guess she expected me to follow her. And I said, no. She rejected me. I can accept that. I'm not going to go out and ask for a second chance. She said, no. I stick with no. And my boy would not let that, he would not let that dis, he couldn't let it go. Went back over there. The woman told him again. Do I have to get security? I told him, I said, you're on some stalker shit now. She said no twice. Leave it. I can't believe she, she turned me down. You know, and he said, go, I bought this shirt, I got this stuff. And I got these shoes, these shoes $1,200, and I, I said, yeah, but here's the thing. She had her reasons. And the dude she wound up with that night, that she waited for, he had clothes that you look like back from Walmart. He had Wrangler jeans on. Average looking dude. I can't believe she with him. Yeah, because they have a connection and you don't. So, the one takeaway out of this for you ladies is this, no matter what your size is, you got to think of yourselves as being beautiful, as you are. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And with that, go with it. If you're around a bunch of negative peers that are always talking about your weight and size and everything, they're not your friends. You don't need them. Don't, and I don't give a damn if you're afraid you're going to be lonely without them. You're better off without them. You want people that are more supportive. You really do. Well, folks, it was a pleasure, and I will talk to you on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artist to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography.
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.